Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. For the NHRA Spring Nationals at Houston Raceway Park in Baytown, Texas, this is the award-winning car talk show, In Wheel Time. Just ahead, guests from this weekend's super-fast event out here at the Drag Strip. We'll review our featured car of the week, the BMW M5 competition. We've got your weekly cruise-in calendar. Conrad has uh, this week in auto history. We've got stories making automotive news headlines. That and more, all just ahead on today's In Wheel Time car show. Thanks for joining us today. It's an extended show. We're going to go all the way till noon. Uh, now we're kind of wishing we might not have gone all the way to noon because gotta, all of these guys are going to be out on the track. I got to be, be some, out. Okay. Will be you out go there. there? I'm going to be out there. About there, okay. Yeah. I thought you'd be up at the bar by then. Well, Howdy, along yeah. with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, Jeff Zekin, Chief Engineer David mm. Ainsley. <laughs> I'm Don Armstrong. Today's in wheel time is sponsored by Toyota, the official car of the NHRA. So our very special guest that we have here in the remote studio in the Top Eliminator Club out here at Houston Raceway Park Wood has Forest. some very exciting news to tell us all. And um, I, I was absolutely thrilled to hear that Mr. Antron Brown is starting his own top fuel team for 2022. Right. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank my you. God. How thank exciting you. is this? Let me tell you something. It's exciting, but it's also you're nervous. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's unknown. It's a, it's a new chapter that's, uh, that's in, the page, in the page of my book right now. So with my family being behind me all these years, and also it's just this has been the works for a while. This, ain't some, this is not something that's really brand new or new. I mean, this was something that we talked about at the beginning of literally 2020. You know what I mean? We came out and uh, been working on it. For a yes, while. with with Don Schumacher and Schumacher Racing and everybody there, just building over all the years. And this was my next step. You know what I mean? And, uh, and the coolest part is when you have people that support you and go, you know what? If that's what you want to do, this is your next step. And all of our partners from like Maco Tools, Toyota, Global Electronic Technology, Hankstifers, and all those people have been behind us full stream and bringing on Sirius XM Radio. So it's been really, really cool to see the people that's like jumping in mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, we want to we want to help you on this on this journey," because it is a journey, and, and we're not looking for a sprint; we're looking for a marathon. So we're going to start off and pace ourselves right. and take it all in, and we just want to do it right and move forward because uh, this is the future of our sport at the end of the day, and that's why I look at is it. like, okay. People pass torches. You know what I mean? Kenny Bernstein was out here for a lot of years. Yep. Passed the torch on to another team. Then you had, like, all your other teams out here that passed the torch. Like, Don Perdome was out here, passed the torch. Now Force became the mega teams. And Don Schumacher became the all-time winningest team out there in championships and everything else and Hall of Fames. And who's next in line? You know you. what I mean? So. And, 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 well, that's what I'm trying to do. You know and you I mean? couldn't that's have why. a better mentor as well, oh. you know, to, to learn being in the team for so long. And I'm sure getting a lot of coaching and counseling uh, from Mr. Schumacher about where you're going and what you're doing. Well, and, and the other interesting Absolutely. part about it that I, I read is, is that Don is helping support you in your effort. Yeah. Yes. And yes. he's behind you 100%. 
It's not as if you're picking up and moving your tent over it to the Antron Brown side. He's helping you, yes. along with all these other people. But I think it's a testament to you, sir, as Antron Brown. Listen, you're one of the most loved guys on this circuit, and it's understandable. Uh, we we all talk about you throughout the year yeah. uh, uh, when, when we're not the drag racing oh, stuff. That. But but really, I mean, yes. you're kind of a lot part of our family, and we we are behind you all the way. We want you to be. We want you to be the best that there is to be out there. And with that said, is there any room in your organization for in-wheel time? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Sir. You know, we're going to put a special, a special spot There's right there. There's always a room for a sticker on <laughs> the car. That's right, in-wheel time. Let's, it's let's it's talk about maintenance. It. It's called maintenance. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. you need somebody to wash the car or something. It's a big yeah. tent. It's a big tent. Yeah. So, so are you going to where are you going to house the team? Are you still going to be in and around the Schumacher? It, yes, that's the game plan, without a doubt. And um, Don, if you've never been to Indy and you see his operation, you're talking about he has over 140,000 square foot oh underneath a roof. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's massive. It's a mega, mega house. Like, you know, when you, when you look at Don Schumacher, what he's established and what he's got, you know, he's kind of like the Roush Yates or the Joe Gibbs of or NASCAR Hendrix, yeah. or Hendrix. That's what he is yeah. of drag racing. And he makes all the parts and pieces. He's got all this stuff there. And the coolest part is, is that Tasca is on the other end of it. Like, you know what I mean? I saw the model from what Bob Tasca does. He leases space. He's, he's in on the other stuff where they build his chassis, mount his bodies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From the blowers and everything else, he buys the cylinder heads, the blocks, the parts and pieces. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same exact deal. We're going to be just another extension of it where we're able to buy the pieces, lean on it. But then we're going to still be off on our own to navigate our way with our partnerships and everything else and and utilize what Toyota brings to the table, TRD. Because that's the main focus of it is is we're going to get all the opening of all the technology when we're off on our own. Because at the end of the day, you look at our program right now, we race with Leah, Matt, Ron. Well, they're all Mopar cars, and I'm Toyota. So I'm kind of out here on the wing by myself anyway, like over here on this side, because we can't deviate or share stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. So when you're looking at that perspective, is now we're going to open up the doors and the floodgates with TRD, where they're really – they've always been supporting us, but we're going to have a living engineer that's on our team from TRD, How which awesome is, is pretty that? awesome. That's well, cool. And, and get access to some of their R&D in-house oh. stuff as well. Yes, well, you, you look what they've done for Coletta. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, Coletta always have a very competitive team, but they're out there, they're running and winning championships. You get what I mean? Like, right. like I remember JR, when he was riding the funny car, they were always there, but they always needed something extra to take them over that hump, and TRD brought that. They brought that and then some, and they became a dominant force, and now you're starting to see it with their dragsters. Like, they ran – Coletta ran for a championship last year against Evo. He right. was leading the points league, going back and forth, I mean – they're there, you know what I mean. So that's that's just a testament to what the TRD yeah, they're, folks do. they're very do. active. And, oh, and, and, yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, because you're talking about that's kind of what Toyota did in San Antonio when they built their truck plant. They brought all their suppliers in so that they didn't have to go any place. It's yes. all right there, and that sounds like exactly what you're doing. You know, I'm here. All my suppliers are here as well. Absolutely, and and you just look at the framework they did in NASCAR. Yeah, you know what I mean. And how successful yeah. they've been there. Exactly. They came out. They didn't hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Like they were like, they had a, it took them away to build up, but right. once they figured it out, then it was like the gas pedal was mashed all the way down. Now they run and compete for championships yeah, each know, and every year. Speaking of NASCAR, I read that Tony Stewart is uh, working to get a license. 
I think Tony's got enough run to have his license now. He's been putting some laps in. Okay. Like, I mean, you could look at it on social media, on that's, YouTube, on his own channel. That's an interesting factor yes. there. Well, he went 376 on his other run, like yeah. at 324 miles an hour, three twenty somewhere around there. He but ain't scared. No, no, no. <laughs> but Tony, you understand why he did what he did in any form of motorsports he drove, right. from dirt tracks to NASCAR to pavement to road courses Indy. to IndyCar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the man is like his he's like a sponge and when i went out there and i saw him making some laps and i was talking to him the what he recited to me a lot of people think well he's just a driver don't realize how smart tony stewart is Mm -hmm. like he is a student of the game yeah you know what i mean i was like i blew my mind i was like this cat is sharp you know what i mean was that the first time you met him no, no. I, I've known Tony for years. I yeah. knew him from when he drove NASCAR. Like, you know, me and him always had a unique relationship where we always talked on and off and stuff like that. And uh, he's always been a big game changer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, people don't understand he's a really cool dude when you get to know him. Mm-hmm. But he is a fierce competitor. Yeah. He wants to compete at the highest level. And when he puts his helmet on, he turns into a gladiator. Yeah, well, no, it's funny because uh, we were just talking about that very thing uh, before you showed up about, you know, we're sitting here talking to you now as if you're my next-door neighbor best friend. Yes. But you put that helmet on, you get inside that car, and it's a whole different world for you. Oh, absolutely. And every driver a- out there at this level. Absolutely. And and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people see me because they always see me smiling, and I'm always out there going because I have fun whatever I do. But don't get it twisted. When I put my helmet on, you do not want to line up against me do, do or another s- side of me because <laughs> I, I don't care You're who you are. I don't care where you come yeah. from. I don't, I don't care what you – it don't make a difference. It's like when you line up against me, you are my number one enemy. Like you're you, trying to right, steal my yeah. lunch money. I haven't ate lunch for all week. <laughs> you follow what I mean? Do you say bad words to yourself in the helmet where no one can hear? No, no. Like, 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 like you know, the funny part is, like, I don't never say like bad words. Like, if I get frustrated at myself, I'm just mad at myself. It's gotcha. like the feeling is in there. I don't have to say a word to you. show hey, how know. frustrated I am. Like, like you don't make a difference how loud I yell or if I cuss inside my helmet. It doesn't change the feeling inside. Yeah. And and what that's always been my fuel to drive me. Like, no matter how the weekend goes, I'm, a, I'm the worst critic on myself mm-hmm. where I look at things and I say, you know what, this could have been better. I, like, you know, the team could have been better here. I could have been better here. We all should have been better here. And I look at things, and every weekend's a growing process for me. I keep telling Don that. That's the philosophy well, and, we need to have him. And yeah. as, long as, it's, <laughs> as long as it's constructive like that, then that's a good thing. And everybody, as long it's as everybody understands that. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, getting better, and that's how you get to the level that you are is with that drive to figure out how can I be better. Oh, absolutely. And and to, just to go off that, the hardest thing for me is is that I see people all the time that they could beat yourself up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, beating yourself up over and over again, that's not going to fix the problem. Yeah. It's like for me, it's like I don't cry over spilled milk. I just go like this, hmm, okay. And then I move forward, and when I go home, I go, okay, this is where I'm weak at. I got to work on this. Yeah. How this do I avoid? Happened. How do I fix it? How exactly. do I avoid spilling the milk next time? Yeah. Exactly, because what I tell a lot of people all the time, I go, you know, when you show up for a race, you might get lucky and win a race. Okay, you can get lucky. Okay, but luck is not going to have you winning over and over and That's over and correct. over and over and, and get over you to again. a championship. Absolutely. And for me, I said the only thing that you do Monday through Thursday is work on your craft, because when you come to the racetrack. 
you're not going to make no miracle happen. You're only showcasing the work that you put in Monday through Thursday. That's it. It's simple. It's nothing magical. It's just you're just showcasing your work to everybody that you're going against. That's it. Outside of this sport, what do you do for fun? What 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 is your fun place to go to? What do you do? You know you know you want to hear something funny. My fun place, honestly, is when I get home, like I go racing with my kids, and it's just being around the family. Yeah, it's, it's seeing my kids and my family. <laughs> I like putting them in situations where they elevate. That's my fun place. Is being around them, joking, cutting up jokes, and just seeing the quirky stuff that now, they do. They're also in the sport as well. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. and. And some of the other fun things I do is, like, to be honest with you, is, like, I play in a church league at, at home in basketball. I really enjoy that because I'm an old guy, but I try to keep up with the young bucks. How does and, that work out exactly. for you? It, it, works out, it works out fine right now. They're, they're looking at me, and a lot of them think I'm 25 years old, and I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm 45. They're like, what? And they look at me like, you're 45? I'm like, yeah, they goes, I can't keep up with None you. None of us could be in that league. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What year did you start to professional uh, drag racing when you started the bikes? In 98. In 98. In 98 wow. I was 21 years old when wow. I started. And yes. what, what uh, moved you to go to <clears throat> bikes? What? Well, for me, to, you mean from when I went to motorcycles, I grew up on motorcycles. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't realize that, that I rode dirt bikes since I was four and raced motocross since I was about 10 years old. I did not know that either. I, re- I grew up on dirt bikes. I didn't have junior dragsters when I was a kid. Right. Like, literally, when I was, like, in 94, junior dragsters were just coming out, I was graduating high school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, you were beyond that yeah, at that in, point. In I, between, yeah. Exactly. So I was just at the very end of it when it came out, and that just literally just came out. You know what I mean? That right. was just, like, exhibition that – Englishtown, New Jersey with the Knapp family. Right. So for me, it was like I was this motorcycles. That's the only cheapest form for me to drag race. My dad and uncle had their sportsman cars. They had like a super comp yeah. a roadster that they raced with a roadster back then. That was before super comp turned to dragsters. People had like long roadsters or they had roadsters that they raced super comp with. And then a full body car they raced super gas with like with their Vega. Then it went from the roadsters and turned to dragsters. You know what I mean? That's what everybody started making. That, that tells you the that old age rails. frame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that they went to dragsters for super cops. So then, for me, when I was growing up, I said, well, I'm going to go up. My dad and I'm going to drag strip. How am I going to go drag strip? So I got a street bike. My dad and him used to have street bikes. My dad used to drag race motorcycles because it was the cheapest way to go fast. Right. You know what I mean? If you went, you could build an eight-second motorcycle and have like a couple grand in it. To build an eight-second race car, you got like 50 grand in it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And you, you follow that I means a big difference. And it was Huge also job. easier to transport the team with a bike and a small trailer versus some of the stuff everybody not, needs today. Not necessarily team yourself and maybe yes. a, uh, your wife. A couple of three yes. people. Exactly, yeah. Well, I, mean, I remember I was a kid just out of high school well, going yeah. to college. So my bike, I could run like – I could run low nines on it, and I drove it to the to racetrack. Yeah. I, dro- I didn't drive to school. <laughs> I didn't drive to school because it wasn't that type of bike. But I could drive it to the racetrack and back and forth. Yeah, the other thing, I mean? it didn't break as much as an eight-second car would. No. If you spend 50 grand on it, if you could get to eight seconds. Absolutely. So Absolutely. how did you knock on the door to the, get on the, the pro bike tour? Well, the funniest part of it is, is uh, my cousin, Tommy, she married an NFL football player named Troy Vincent. Okay. who played for the Miami Dolphins, yeah. and he played his whole, basically his whole career for the Philadelphia Eagles, defensive back. He's the, now the crazy part is Troy, talking about having a great mentor for me to grow up in the sport, Troy is now the vice president of the NFL under Roger Goodell. Oh, wow. He's a senior executive wow. vice president of the, all How the cool NFL. How cool is that? So, so Troy, 
the unique thing about Troy was is that he just wasn't a player. He was a student off the field, and he was he was very yep. smart, business savvy, always carried himself well, talked well. Cause he used to be the president of the Players Union before he became the VP of the NFL. So Troy, he wanted to start. He was in motorcycles, so he started the race team. It was called Team Twenty Three, which was his football number. Ah. And it had the colors of the Eagles in it, like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. emerald, yes. sparkly green. Right. And I was one of his first riders. And Tony, Tony Mullins out of Florida was the second team. And Harry Lartigue, that's here from Houston. Right. Yeah. Harry Lartigue, he was a partner with Troy. So we had a two-bike team. And it was Team 23. So it was Harry with his rider, Tony. And it was Troy with me under here. And we had two bikes. Okay. Wow. That's how okay. it got started. That's how it all got started. And I came out, and I was in college, and I just got done with a junior college, got my associate degree in business administration. I was going to my four-year school. And uh, I had a call. I'll never forget. I called my track coach, Chris Carter, at the time. and said, Chris, man. I said, Mr. Chris, I said, I can't, I'm not going to school. He goes, what? You got a full ride. And you picked this school over all the other schools. I could have went to a lot of different colleges for my last two years in track and field. And I go, no, I'm not going to another school. I'm going, I'm going drag race. He goes, you're going to throw away. You're going to throw away your college scholarship. You know what I mean? To go drag race. To go drag race. I go, yeah. And then uh, it, it's so funny. And my old coach from Mercer that I went to school with in New Jersey, he goes, A.B., I can't believe you're doing that scholarship, but it worked out for you okay. You're going to go fast, have, but not running. Have you been back in contact with Coach Chris? No, I haven't talked to uh, Coach Chris Carter in a while because me and him didn't develop. Like, we had a good relationship because that's the school I was going to go to. But I never got there to really work with he him. He was ticked that he, oh, was, he was. He was hot because I was one. I was yeah, pretty much his number one prospect coming in because in a junior college I was ranked number one in the whole country for a fifty-five meter indoor dash. Oh gosh! And I ran ten three, like ten threes and ten fours in a hundred meters. Now you're doing so, three and a half seconds. So, so like I was a big prospect to go to his college yeah. Yeah. to do it, like a Division one college, and uh, and I was like. Man, I could have went to Temple. I could have went to Pitt, University of Penn. There I, I you go went, again. I could have did everything. And it's like can't take you anywhere. What, what, were you, what you, you doing? Have, where you, you going? All these world championship trophies to show them yes. as well. We talked a few seconds ago about NASCAR. You guys had a visit from uh, some of the NASCAR teams, and I know you had uh, you had Bubba Wallace, and I I watched his expression on the show. Uh, when he was on the track and he was kind of sitting between the two of you guys when you lit up. Are you going to get an opportunity to go for a, a wild ride in one of the NASCAR cars? Well, the crazy part, I didn't get to do the ride share with them yet, you know, but I did a ride share years ago with Martin Truex. Okay. Oh. So I actually ride with Martin Truex. Me and him are pretty tight, and then he got to sit in our car. I took him down a strip in a two-seater super comp car, but I want to get him in our car where he could do a burnout and at least launch it on his own. And, and they'll be able to do it, but just so they can really see the experience. Feel the power. Feel it, you know, because Tony Stewart's doing it, so it's really raising eyebrows. Yeah. Where we're getting a lot of this interest from our brothers. I was going to say you know, that. From our, the our Toyota family. family. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. From our brothers and our Toyota athletes and to, to do that mix. And I think that'll be a perfect mix. That'd be pretty mix. cool. That'd it'll be pretty cool. It'll be a lot of fun because I like circle track racing, and, and I, I drive myself. Drove go-karts, drove in some circle track cars. I did – some late model stuff, some dirt car stuff. So that's right in my wheelhouse, too. But I like to get them in that straight line. Yeah, With 10,000 like horsepower. If you launch it, that to me is where that would be where the big experience is. I mean, at the other end, 200 miles an hour is 200 miles an hour. But getting from there that fast to 200? Or a, a sub one I, second, I 60 foot kind of. Well, when you go from zero to 100 miles an hour in 0.8 of a second, yeah. it gets your attention. <laughs> exactly. But, 
But the hardest part is to get them to understand that's not where the ride is. It ain't the launch. Everybody always thinks the launch because they think of a normal aspirator car, the way it sets you back, is when you get 550 feet down the racetrack and, the clutch and your clutch goes one-to-one. When you're doing 290 miles an hour, like you're right at 300 at half track, the clutch goes one-to-one, the G-meter goes over six Gs. So you oh, pull wow. more Gs going half track. like a half track when the clutch goes one-to-one where you're already doing 290 miles an hour than you <laughs> did from going from zero to 100. Don, so zero to hundred, you're at 3.8 Gs, and the G meter progressively goes up. So the real ride is when you're doing 290, and the clutch goes one to one. Yeah, because yeah. you're like this, and you're like, oh, I can't pull no harder because you're like you're literally about right. 4.2 Gs, and then the clutch goes one to one, it goes, bow, and then the G meter goes straight up over six Gs, <laughs> and the car arches up and it snaps up off the ground, yeah. and then it feels like it's just trying to stay on the ground, yeah. but it's not. It's just hovering. Yeah, and you see the middle of the chassis yes. kind of bow up. Yes, and that's yeah. when you start seeing them wiggle around because they're literally trying to come off the ground. But Wiggling they, around at 290 but, miles but an hour isn't that with Antron Brown. Sounds like a TV show. Isn't that design, though? It's, <laughs> a, it's a design for that to do for stress? It's, it's designed. I wouldn't say it's designed to do that because what's really happening is is that when the car is arching up, a lot of people goes, oh, it's getting more traction that way. It's not getting more traction that way. What's happening is the back wing is getting so much arrow on it for downforce, it's pushing the tires down on the ground the back. So the tires look D-shaped like they're getting right, pressed right, in, right? right? The front end, the only reason why it's arching up is because the front wing is putting all the downforce to, to down, hold front the front tires down, and they're only long for the ride. <laughs> so what they're doing is going like this, and the back end of the car is really trying to break the chassis and run underneath of it. You get what I mean? Right. So it's trying to go like this, and that's why when you saw Leah Dixon, yeah. Dixon and Leah's car, yeah. when they have a chassis fail, they snap, and the car goes straight up in the air like that because yeah. the back end is trying to, to go like that. That's what it's trying to do. It's just like the car is not meant to do that. Like, you know, we engineer it, and we're coming out with more fail states. We're changing some chassis specs for next year. We're going with bigger, bigger wall tubing and everything to make it so it can't let go like that. But the know? things that you learned from Leah's failure last year, two years ago, you know, that's what advances the sport as well and the safety of the sport. It, they're always on that edge of advancing it. But when you have a shortfall when something goes wrong like that, and a lot of it wasn't just a chassis failing. It's just the way the car, the directional attitude of the car was, and then at the same time hitting bumps. Oh, okay. You know okay. what I mean? And, and it calls it to twist up. There's several effects and hit then, at the right like, time. It just did everything just happened right for to do it. You know what I mean? How's but we the want track to fix here? it. How's the track here for you? The track we went and walked yesterday it was wet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yesterday. No but when I walked down the track, the asphalt looks awesome. I remember when they first put the asphalt in, it was real porous. It wasn't filled in. It's all filled in. The concrete looks really, really nice where they got it ground. So it looks I mean this track here, it's got some character to it. But I think it's, it's, it's going to be good. If the weather stays right, we'll be able to run hard and fast on it. Top for like, you, the asphalt is where the clutch is coming in one-to-one, where that's, that yes. second acceleration happens. So that's even more important. Top, top fuel rain tires. Yes. Well, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Goodyear Aquatreads. <laughs> but, but the thing of it is, is that that was the problem like years ago when they put that asphalt in. This track was tricky. It was very, very, very tricky because the asphalt, it was brand new, and it wouldn't tick. It wouldn't take the rubber in because right. the oil in it. Right. It's been dried out season, and when it dries out, then the rubber applies Sticks. to it. That's why concrete's always better than asphalt. Asphalt's good, but you got to let it get seasoned in. It's not gotcha. bumpy, is it? 
No, it's got it's got some little chatters, but they have grind and took care of the bumps out there. Like if you look at the track, you can see where they did a lot of work to it, even on the transition, where they even made the transition smooth. Trying to flatten it out. Yes, you have to go. Yes. I, uh, yes. So you go. We thank you so much for stopping by. It's a pleasure. Always. And, uh, I guess next year when we see you, it'll be the Antron Brown team. Yes. Yes. It'll be it'll be AB Motorsports. So thank you guys for that. Uh, say a lot of prayers for us because we won't need them. Always good. <laughs> we love you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Love you all, too. Thank okay. you. Okay. Take care of yourself. Antron Brown, our guest here Thanks. in our remote studio at uh, Houston Raceway Park. Thank you again. It's good to see you, my friend. Thank you. And uh, and we'll have uh, some more drivers uh, coming our way here uh, in the not too distant future. It's it's real it's real difficult. To, uh, we it's been such a because of the rain. There's been such a change in all of the schedules, including. Uh, all of the race schedules. That's awesome. He just stops with everybody, gets a selfie. Of course. He's absolutely. so loved. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's cool. All right. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, they're going to – what did I do with my sheet of paper? So, 10.30 this morning is going to be pro stock. And uh, then at noon, they're going to run – they're going to run the fuel cars. So right after pro stock, then somebody with the, a big loud yeah, one. Yeah, it's nine thirty, right and somebody didn't yeah. get the memo. So you see, I uh, I had all of this prepared, and I didn't read a word of it because I got so excited when he showed up. I didn't have time to to, to go through all of the yeah. the Antron Brown stuff. But uh, there's, what, what there's a, the huge what a guy. Story. Yeah, but yeah. he he carries the conversation <laughs> exactly. just fine. Yeah, we don't you we know, don't just ask him a question. He's well, a he's a wealth of information incredible. that's so well rounded. You as ask well. him what time it is, and he'll he'll invention pretty the much clock. Yeah. But uh, uh, a great driver, and um, we're going to work on qualifying today. There are two rounds of qualifying scheduled. They've moved the first round up, trying to avoid rain. And, you know, that's not unusual for the NHRA to do that. If they right. if there's a chance of rain, they want to make sure, as Seth Angel said when right. we first went on the air, to try to get both rounds of qualifying in today, right. despite the chance of rain. And I have to tell you, I'm glad to see all of the people that are still coming out, despite the chance oh, there's there's been a yeah. steady line of people I'm watching back here as well. Yeah, the window there is where they come through the ticket booth, yes. uh, by the, and you can just see a steady stream. Yeah. So, um, you know, and somebody was asking, he came up earlier and said, listen, uh, when, when did the sportsmen race? Well, the sportsmen aren't racing. See, this is the schedule that I had, and I printed this out days ago. Guess what? Useless. Useless. Yeah, the one I got at 6 o'clock yesterday well, and, useless. And yeah. the, the purpose is to get the pro, uh, all of the pro events in. So with that, they've, uh, you know, the sportsmen racing, because they start Thursday and go on Friday, all of that ended up getting canceled because the weather was so bad. Well, yeah. And uh, not only that, but you have to understand, I mean, there is a lot of, there is a lot of pavement out here, you know. And uh, the pavement is reserved for the pros. Uh, back behind the pros is where the sportsmen park, and on the it's other little, side, it's a little the, muddy at the moment. It, yeah, it is. And so, why exacerbate the problem and have all of these sportsmen racers dragging the mud up Through into that, right. the staging? Exactly. Lines? Thank you for that. So, actually, the weather is looking pretty good. And I noticed that it's getting lighter outside. Yep. And, yes, it is. And I mean, sun's it's coming out. The mess quiet, that is uh, it's out, daytime. out in the Gulf of Mexico uh, has decided to go down. Yeah, well, elsewhere. we are in the dry slot right here through <laughs> Baytown. We are in the dry slot. 
By the way, hashtag dry slot. Before mm-hmm. before I miss this, um, I wanted to mention to you. Say I don't hi know whether to Stan you, and Sheila. They're watching. Hi, Stan and Sheila. Hello. Thank you all for watching. Wish you were here. Yeah. Did I yeah. say that? Okay. Uh, Mazda. Mazda mm. is dropping the CX-3 crossover and the Mazda 6 sedan. Oh, really? What? Yeah. I love that Mazda 6. I do, too. A good-looking car. The only problem with Mazdas is their infotainment system. They really, really need to do something with that. Because I like Mazda, too. It is absolutely the pits to try to understand it. I guess once you and, get and you guys get to drive all of them, all and of them. The the thing I've learned by listening to you talk about them is how quickly you can learn the system in the week or so you have the car. Some of them you're real good with right off the bat. Others you haven't figured it out after a week yeah. later in the car. And I imagine Mazda was one of those. Well, I'm going to have the uh, BMW M5 review, and that's one that you'll be interested to hear. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, my KK. Yes. Hello, All right, <laughs> it's time to take a quick break, so we're going to do that. Again, we're coming to you from Houston Raceway Park and the NHRA Spring Nationals out here, and we appreciate you joining us today. So quick break now, and uh, we'll be right back, so stay with us. Houstonian-owned Bayway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has the most sought-after models in the Houston area today. When you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, you now have a place to go. General Manager Lincoln Stahl guarantees Bayway will beat any competitor's written price on the new vehicle you choose or pay you $1,000. Bayway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is easy to get to on Highway 225 near Beltway 8 in Pasadena. Whether it's online or in person, you're welcome like one of the family. BaywayChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, June 19th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone is invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event at the Lupi Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard just south of I-10 in Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Lupi founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise-in, Tailpipes and Tacos, Saturday, June 19th, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Lupi's in Katy. The in-wheel time car show will be there, too. Tailpipes and Tacos, Saturday morning, June 19th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Lupi's in Katy. Inside the loop, visit Tailpipes and Tacos on the Southwest Freeway at Shepherd, weather permitting. NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. It's at 11,000 horsepower Nitro Rodeo coming to Houston Raceway Park in Baytown. Catch all the Nitro and Pro Stock action at the Mopar Express Lane. NHRA Spring Nationals presented by Pennzoil this weekend. Matt Hagen, Leah Pruitt, Erica Enders, three-time world champ Steve Thorns, and 16-time himself John Force. Kids 12 and under are free in general admission. Get tickets at HoustonRaceway.com. Houston's got horsepower. Don't miss the first ever Houston Summer Auto Show, May 19th through the 23rd at NRG Center. A limited edition collection of your favorite brands and models, including the new Ford Bronco and Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Tickets online only at HoustonAutoShow.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. 
Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.